right here, sir. I, I know you're right here. And uh, Gary's got an amazing view. But I'm, I'm wondering where Remto is. I hope he has not been kidnapped. Um, <laughs> kidnapped by cats. And on that note, I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. I want to welcome everybody that's watching in the YouTube chat. I want to thank everybody that's been downloading our podcasts um, and giving us great reviews. It means a lot. Remember, we are on Rumble now, rumble.com, rumble on, sing that song, Ben Stein. And um, we are joined tonight from the simplelifenow.com, Gary Collins, the man with one of the best podcasts on the internet. Welcome, as always, Gary Collins. Thank you for having me, as always. Of course. And um, it's uh, sort of an optical illusion what's going on with your picture. If your face looks like it's going in and out of focus, um, it's sort of cool. It sort of looks like one of those movies. But Space just, age. Let's get high and watch. Watch Gary's face. <laughs> this show would not be complete without provocateur, saint, sinner, lover, father, grandfather, husband, um, lawyer, economist, and screenwriter, novelist, poet, and doctor. doctor. Dr. Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Welcome, sir. You're welcome. Do you have an appointment? Um, <laughs> Uh, every you, you don't no need for an appointment with, uh, doc, with, with Dr. Benjamin Jeremy Stein. Everybody gets to, um, you know, get um, healed what? three times a week from you for free. Ah, healed, healed. That's that's what I would always say to Ben when he got out of therapy. I would go, "You healed." Um, and I would always say, "You're never healed." You're never healed. And on that note, of course, welcome everybody to the world according to Ben Stein. This Saturday night special edition. Um, uh, we were expecting Remzo, but I'm not sure where Remzo is. But who needs a Remzo when you have a Remzo, Gary Collins? Where are you? Where art thou, Remzo? Remzo. But Gary, the Remzo other night on the show, is. Ben, we had a different panel on, and Ben asked a question, and we were all perplexed by the answer. And Ben asked, couldn't answer. and but we couldn't answer. It was literally like a scene out of Ferris Bueller, like where he was asking them, Smoot, Holly, you know, and, and he was doing that scene, and like everybody was like this. Um, and he asked and he posed the question is, who's the secretary of state? And none of us were able to answer the question none and was able. None is a singular pronoun. OK, thank you, Mrs. Lovin. Um, none of, okay. We weren't able to answer the question. Okay. And I, I couldn't stop thinking about that, Gary and Ben, for the, since the show that we weren't able to answer the question. And then today, I decided, Ben Stein, to Google who's in the cabinet. Yes, who is in the cabinet? I can't remember their names. I'm, I'm not joking. You know my memory. And you know I'm a wonk when it comes to this stuff. I know there's the, 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 the African-American general. And I'm, what is his name? I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you for the life of me. I totally forgot it. I, I, I believe he's distinguished as resident. Um, I know there's the, the Latino guy that's the head of uh something and my bigger point rumba being, rumba the bigger point being ben is i feel like we are a country in disarray i don't i i feel like there's a real chaotic um even though no, you, you, like we brought this up on the show before trump was supposedly mr chaos yet we had so much calm as far as stability with the economy stability with with foreign affairs and right now we have neither, uh, in my humble opinion, we're facing certain things that could possibly in the future. And I don't think anybody knows who's running this damn country. 
Well, this isn't a damn country. This is the best country there's ever been in the whole world. But I, by far, this is the greatest invention of man of all time. But uh, it is a good question. Who is running America? I mean, obviously, Biden doesn't know whether he's coming or going. When he gives a talk, he doesn't know whether he's coming or going. He doesn't write what he's, of course, well, no president writes what he says. But we don't know who his speechwriters are. We don't know where they come from. Uh, today, he issued a statement about police week, which was a, just a sneering, ridiculously, statistically impossible jab at the America's policemen and women. Uh, and uh, who knows where that stuff comes from, except that maybe, that maybe he is uh, the creature of Black Lives Matter. I don't know. He does not seem to me to be the president of white Americans. He seems to be the president of African-Americans, which is fine. They deserve to have a president. Latin Americans, that's fine. They deserve to have a president. But white people are supposed to have an American, a president too. So uh, what's where is our president? What's well, really funny, I just... I, I, where is our president? Somebody, sorry to interrupt you, Ben, but somebody said something really funny in the chat. Brady said, don't worry about it, Judah. Biden doesn't remember their names either. Um, <laughs> I, 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 that, that is easily the joke of the night. And I wanted to get into that and what Ben's referring to that a lot of people in that man I realize is today is... Uh, Biden gave a speech celebrating the it's police week, right? It's or it's um, in police week, but I'm not sure he gave a speech. I think he might have just issued a, re, issued he, a statement. He I'm issued a sure. statement. Well, right. He, he issued a statement, Gary. I don't know if you saw this where he um, he basically the first paragraph or the first couple lines were, you know, how great the police were, you know, and no, no, we, no more, you know, we love them and all that jazz. And then he gets into, but of course we can't ignore the several. Um, I think he said more than several. More than several minor, you know, minorities that have, of, of black and brown that have been murdered or had, had issues with the police. And as I got to Ben's house tonight, I said to him, I said, you know, several. I mean, if, if you take the, the, the amount of, uh, of, poli of policing a year and you say several, it is a minuscule uh, to the amount of calls they get, to the amount of scenes of crimes they have to go to, Gary, uh, several. And then we looked into how many people were shot last weekend in Chicago, which was 45 people last weekend, Gary Collins in Chicago were, were shot. 45. That's more than several, right? I mean, it, we don't uh, ever we don't talk about them except on this show. That, that's yeah. not to be mentioned. That's not to be mentioned. What say you, Gary Collins? It's racist for you to mention that that more more people were shot in uh, Chicago over the weekend than Kabul. Uh, never mind that though. It's yeah. neither here nor there. Yeah. But I love when uh, someone does that though. They start off a pause. Start off with the positive, then it's comma, but, and you, you go, oh, you here it comes. Here we go. And with that, the millions and millions of contacts that police have every year and the calls they go in on, when you break it down statistically, it isn't even a rounding error. I mean, literally, when you think of any profession with that many contacts and the number of, of shall we say, negative incidents, it's actually fairly remarkable when you think about it. It's when not you just look fairly at remarkable, number, Gary. It's remarkable. It's it really right. is. And we're not saying that that there aren't bad cops. <clears throat> of course there are. Pleasure. There's bad everything. <clears throat> There's nothing, no profession that doesn't have bad something. So that's not Definitely too, bad politicians. Uh, well, yeah, it's just not to put it, you know, just sweep it under the rug or anything. 
But the fact is, I don't know what they have against the police so much besides that they know if they can get everyone against the police, get the police defunded, it makes it easier for them to control everyone else. That's all I can figure. No, I think it's it's just just, they're just looking for excuses, looking for excuses, endless excuses to try to explain why it is that the Democrat controlled cities, largely, very largely black, cannot get their act together and cannot do anything right. So they have to blame somebody. They're not going to blame the blacks because you're not allowed to blame the blacks for anything. You so you have to blame the police. That's what's happening. (laughs) And in our beloved California, some city, I forget which one it is. I think San San Diego has up billboards blaming birth defects among uh, African-American children on the police and on discrimination. I actually think I actually think it's I actually think it's Trump's fault. That's who I blame it on. Um, what is that about? It's just it, we're we're heading into a land of complete paranoid delusion. Again, get rid of critical thinking. <laughs> turn brains to mush. Critical race theory. That's what <coughs> I think. I've been poisoned. <coughs> critical race theory. A terrible, terrible, terrible idea. A terrible idea, and yet it's spreading like a cancer among the among the schools of America. It's a shockingly bad idea. It says that all the problems caused in America are caused by racism. It's an astonishingly bad idea. I don't know where it came from. I, th- I think though, uh, what you said is a very good point, but I think, I think Gary's correct too, what they're doing with, what they're doing with the police and what they're doing, it, it's, it's, it's part of the cancel culture. It's, it, 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 it's all one big form of, uh, of, of cancel culture. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, we, we, when we, let's get the critical race theory, right? I don't want to get the critical race theory, but there's one word in there that I don't believe they use, which is critical thinking. Ah. It, it, we assume that they, they, we, that, that they wake up and they think these things through. I don't believe they do. I just believe they wake up in a, in a morning and decide, Israel's an apartheid state. We don't need the police. They're all racist. Whatever sounds good, whatever whatever theory they learned in their community college or whatever, wherever. No, 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 but no, no, no. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Are you wrong about that? <coughs> it's whatever theory they learned at Harvard. My very, very close. Friend, I don't think Rashida Talib went to Harvard. No, Harvard. but my very close friend. At Yale Law School, Duncan Kennedy invented critical legal thinking, or at least played a large part in it, and that led very directly to critical race theory. <coughs> Gary? Well, and I know, you notice how they always change the name as well. It used to be, uh, what was it, Black, black Theology? Uh, oh, and Liberation it, Theology. Liberation, yeah, Black Liberation Theology, and they play the word game. So the average American will never be able to quite figure out what they're getting at to include educated Americans as well, because it makes no sense. They use the word. It sounds really smart. That's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. It's to trick you. It's to trick you into thinking that they're smarter than you and only they can know what racism is. You just don't understand Judah and Ben. You're just too white and stupid to figure it out. Okay. 
Just that's it. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. I'm not that white. I'm not that white. And by the way, to all those concerned, Ben and I both have had bronchial issues. Ben is sneezing and coughing now. He's fine. I promise. Oh no, you, you guys got COVID twenty. Better get your immunization. That that that's actually I've gotten that's, my vaccinations, both of them, and I was sicker after I got the second one than I'd ever been in my life. That that that's actually something, though, Gary. You raise a great point with words. The left likes to use, I mean, and I've always said this, anytime there's an yeah. organization, you know, the World Health Organization, the, any anything with global, world, or any of those things run for the hills, never trust them, never donate to those organizations. It, 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 I, it sounds good. It, it, it's, it almost sounds like a, like a thing Bernie Madoff would have made up, made up, like the name of his fund, like the World Good Fund. Um, well, I... I Sorry. As a writer, here's something I'll, I, 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 both of you guys are writers too, obviously. Have you guys noticed over the last five years how they've been changing grammar? I get very confused with grammar these days. With the premiums, with the pronouns, with the, with the pronouns, with, with, all, with whatever. With all, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you use a comma here this year, next year you can't. Then it's like, wait. And what I think the theory is, I think what they're doing is it's a way for them if they can change the rules if you've ever noticed if you get in an argument with someone who is, is far left uh, you know or left and they want to attack you they attack your grammar and i think they do that so it's ambiguous so they can always attack your grammar no matter what because you don't know what the hell the rules are I wanna this is all in 1984 the changing of the language and the control of the language. Orwell saw it yeah. all coming. And there was a yeah. whole minute, Paul department within the Ministry of Truth that handled it. <laughs> I hope I'm not dying. I'd like to you know that if I am dying on the air, which could happen, my last <laughs> thoughts are that I love my wife, she's a saint. I want to tell you something though, very funny though about the grammar. But when I in the days when I was able to get a date or have a conversation on on on, on, on dating apps, Gary. There's a lot of women who, who are like grammar Nazis, you know, who I would be exactly. in the middle of having exactly. a conversation with them and they would, you know, comment on my grammar. And I'd be like, this is texting. It's shorthand. And I would just delete them right away because I was like, if 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 I'm in trouble now. Where will I be in a week? Like you know, uh, this yes. is why it's good to have a wife that you've been married to for 50 plus years. Well, not I, correct I, your it, grammar. I, I, I think I've uh, missed the mark on that one. It's, it's come and gone. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I think there's a, something to what Gary's saying is, I think what the bigger picture, by the way, is if you throw a thousand things at something, nobody could focus on what these idiots, what they're, what, what the real sinister plans that but they're to, doing. You can with critical race theory. The critical race theory is to say, look, here we have a problem. The black community is way less educated than the white community. They save way less, even though their earnings are only slightly less. That's an interesting fact. Their savings are something like 10% of the average white family savings, but their earnings are a tiny bit less. Their savings are 90% less, but their earnings are only slightly less. Cannot be their fault for not being prudent. It has to be whitey's fault. Black people have incredibly more encounters with the police than white people on a per capita basis. That cannot be the black people's fault. That has to be the white people's fault. Black people are in, in prison at a rate per capita far, far higher than white people. That cannot be black people's fault. 
It has to be Whitey's fault. So everything that's happening in the black community that's not wholesome is Whitey's fault. Now, don't get me wrong. I work with, unlike most people that you know, I work with black people almost every day. And I notice some of them are very smart, like white people. Some of them are very stupid, like white people. But if you go around excusing people and telling them that no matter what they do, it's not their fault, they're going to act badly. That will happen no matter what. So we're, we've gotten way down into that rabbit hole. And it's a very scary, dark rabbit hole. It's going to eventually lead to dictatorship. We're on our way to dictatorship right now. Still, don't get me wrong, day by day, life in America is great. I'm gonna have yummy shrimp, wild shrimp for dinner. It's unbelievably good. <clears throat> Most people can't even get it. <clears throat> I can get it just five minutes away from here. That life in America is unbelievably great. But if you are, if I wanted to, I could complain and say, oh, I can't get brand new, fresh wild shrimp that was only caught five minutes ago because of anti-Semitism. But Jews don't work that way. Jews say, look, here's the way cards were dealt. Let's do the best we can with them. The, no, the, no. And that's what our leaders have taught us. You don't see any Jews out there demonstrating against anti-Semitism. I've told you this on this show many times. I could walk out the door as feeble as I am and walk 10 minutes and come to a very fancy club, the LA Country Club, that's restricted against Jews. You're not gonna see any Jews demonstrating outside it. Jews will make their own club and, and go happily play golf or pinochle or whatever they play there. That's just not the way Jews operate. And notice Jews are doing really, really well. Chinese, Indo-Chinese, Filipino, they don't blame everybody else for their problems and so they get ahead. People who blame everybody else for their problems and say it's never my fault, they don't get ahead. And on that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the words and wisdom of Benjamin Jeremy <laughs> Stein on the world, according to Ben Stein, who's having a bit of bronchial issues tonight and a sneezing fit. Um, Gesundheit many times over, sir. God bless um, you, sir. God bless you. And sir. I want to welcome everybody that's in the chat um, when your funny comments. Uh, remember, please download our podcast. Go to rumble.com. Subscribe to Ben's email, benstein.substack.com. Um, I was able to get onto parlor for about half a minute today. Um, and then I got knocked off. I don't know what's going on with them still, but, uh, your love and your, uh, following on, especially on the podcast has been amazing. Don't forget to give us those five-star reviews. It really helps us. And don't forget to give Gary those five-star reviews on his podcast. It is really helpful. It builds up your algorithm. It does something and it, it expands the audience and, we need all the love and the support we could get. Um, we do this for fun and for free, but we still need that love and support. want to welcome everybody back to the world, according to Ben Stein, where you have conversations that nobody else has. Nobody uh, else, absolutely nobody nobody else dares to talk about these things. Um, it's it, You get skittish around it or, or whatever. But Gary, somebody in the chat brought up a good point that people are starting to come around. I have a friend that actually texted me that they had a friend that could no longer be a Democrat because of what's going on with Israel. And uh, I, I, it was it was actually a Jewish girl. And uh, I said, is she hot? And he, and he said, and he said, no, that's but I'm looking sense. out, but I'll look out for you. And I was like, thanks. And um, uh, I was like, you can't have it all, but I'll, I'll take her as part of the the, the, the the movement away. But I do think I do think you push people, as you have said many times, Ben, you push people in a corner, you choke them enough. They 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 
might have the ability to change. Well, they might, but we have a real serious problem because in in German people used to say, historians would, would say, why didn't the German people revolt against Adolf Hitler? Well, because the Gestapo was around to take any individual or group or family who protested, kill them, chop their heads off. So we, we don't have the Gestapo in America yet, but we do have the media, which can ruin you and say terrible things about you and smear you, excuse me, and suddenly you're an unperson in Stalin. Stalin's Russia, and even in Khrushchev's Russia, they had the concept of the unperson, which is a person who, who was not in step with party leadership. And so he or she was sort of banned and her, is her name could not be mentioned. That person became an unperson. That's what's happening in America right now. Uh, we have to fight it. We do fight it on our little show. It's a little tiny show, but there are those who love it. We are fighting back against the depersonalization of conservative thinkers. So I, I want to, I got to tell you, so Gary, so yesterday I went to go get a, a haircut and um, I, I, I said I was vaccinated. I, I said I was vaccinated and the person that was giving the haircut said they were vaccinated. And um, I said, why are you wearing a mask? And I was like, please take off your mask. And they, and I, I closed my eyes and, 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 and I, I look up and they're still wearing their mask. And I'm like, what are you wearing your mask for? You got vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I'm not lying about this. And it's amazing how this this past year, and I've called it called it on the last show. It was the Great Reset. How they how and and even the CDC, all the mixed messaging that's going on right now is to create chaos. So we can't focus on any sort of. Anything I said to Ben before the show, do you remember a president being a president this long and not meeting with a foreign leader? Well, or an important foreign leader in any event. I met, I imagine he met with somebody. Maybe he hasn't. No, I don't I'm think he sure has. His, I'm not sure that his handlers trust him to talk to any foreign leaders. Uh, I don't know what Kamala Harris is doing besides laughing inappropriately. I, I don't know what this administration is doing. The only thing we know is the media, essentially, like a group of Peronist South American Argentinian generals, placed him in control. And there he is, and he doesn't know what to do. But but I will say, he hasn't done all bad. I, I, I'm, I'm jo not joking here. Uh, he hasn't done all bad at all. He, he's, uh, he's done some good things. And uh, What has he uh, done that's good? He supported Israel 100%, and that's good. Oh, stop. He Come did. on. He's yes, talking, he Ben. He, he hasn't does. supported Israel. Yes, he has. yes, yeah, oh yes, no, he Ben! At the he's taught he did the same thing with Israel that he did with the police today. No, he didn't. No, he, called, he, did not. He, he gave Israel full support, but at the same time, on, on the uh, the other day, he said, "You know, watch the kill with the killing of civilians or the, the, with the kill." With, he with has the, to say that that's not so, that's not unusual and that's not particularly bad. I could tell you one person that wouldn't have said that that was Donald a. J. Trump. But uh, Gary, can I ask you a question? Considering what we know about him and the people who are around him, I think he's doing great about Israel. I I, uh, I have to 100% disagree with you for the first time in my life and say 100% disagree okay. with you. But I go to you, Gary Collins. Have you, have you, uh, do, do you remember a president not meeting any foreign leaders, not uh, having anybody over at the White House? And I get it. Granted, they're using COVID as an excuse. 
So the question is, how long could they train these dogs to not bark? To not bark and to not, you know, and 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 it's not like the world is going great. France is on the edge of a civil war because of the because of the Muslim population. There's a lot of chaos going around, Gary, and there there is no diploma. There's nothing going on. Well, no, and going back to the Gestapo, people forget they literally chopped people's heads off with a guillotine. <laughs> so yeah, they did. I know, did. I know. I know. I know. I know. People no, forget had, this had stuff. They go, oh, no, that's what they used in the Dark Ages. No, Hitler used those. Sorry, guys. They used to do that. Well, they used um, it. It was we, invented during the uh, French Revolution. But but yeah, uh, yeah. It, 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 they, they did all kinds of horrible things. But it is very hard. Look, look it's very I, – I, I don't mean in any sense to compare the fine media apparatus of America with the Gestapo. It's just that we face a solid wall of defense around – President Biden and his entourage of media. And how well, he's we mentally break through that wall, I do not know. He's mentally incompetent. I mean, there's no way they're going to allow him to meet with any foreign leader because that will, I mean, that, that lets the witch out behind the curtain at that point. Right, because you can't, right, sure. because you, you can't You cannot write. expose him. Yeah. You cannot. And Kamala Harris, you can't put her in front of anyone either. So it's it's a it's kind of a, a bad a bad situation of we don't know who's running the country. We literally don't know. That's a scary thought to me. If you were oh, to ask well, anyone ask right now, who do you even think in Washington D.C. they wouldn't know. Who do you think it is, Gary? This is. Can I tell everybody something? So, so Gary, I want to let, let me preface Ben's question because we had this conversation last night. Now, I want to tell everybody out there, I've known Ben Stein for 18 years. Never in our lives have Ben and I had more conspiracy, I don't even want to call conspiratorial them conspiratorial thoughts, conspiratorial thoughts. Then, and we're, we're going down this rabbit hole last night, Gary, of like, you know, of who's of who's running things, because nobody appears to be running anything. And I said to Ben on the phone, I can't believe we we're even having this conversation. I know it's just, it's an amazing thing. And it's very hard for me to tell what our program is. I mean, I, by the way, I haven't seen a submission of a defense budget yet. I mean, defense is an enormously important part of the responsibility of the government. <clears throat> Usually the government, by this point, a new government has submitted a defense plan. I haven't seen our government do that. That's a little bit strange. I haven't seen them submit a foreign policy plan. That's a bit strange. Uh, when I worked for Mr. Nixon, uh, I was a very, very young man, but I still remember he had detailed plans within about a week after inaugural day. Very detailed plans for almost every part of his administration. A lot of them didn't work out, but uh, he had detailed plans. What does Mr. Uh, Mr. Blinken, what does Blink, Winken, Blinken and Nod, what does Mr. Uh, what does Mr. Biden have? We don't know, we just don't know. And we don't know who's pulling the strings. Clearly he's a marionette. Who are pulling the strings? I think oh, yeah. it's Black Lives Matter, but I don't know. Oh, they're too busy buying real estate. I don't think they have time right now for such petty things. Uh, but with that, I, I, I definitely think the progressive left is is definitely steering the ship. Now, whether they're running the country, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. And this is the first time in my life, too, where I've said, I'm not real sure who's doing what. Kamala Harris is in charge of the border, and she's never she been to the border been yet. I don't yeah, think she's she even made a comment about it. As far no, as I she know, she hasn't done anything. Made any, and, and, done anything about it. 
Nothing. Zero. And, 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 a crisis. and I kid you not, that all they do is go, well, the border's closed. And it's like, you do realize we have these things called cameras. <laughs> we, we can see this. And they're just all, no, 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 no one's there. Don't worry about it. And it's like, it, but the, I think what they, what they, what their belief is, is that most of America is unengaged. So they just need to say it as many times as they possibly can. And like I said, it's regurgitation nation. So they just have to keep saying it, keep saying it. And all the bobbleheads go, yeah, 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 yeah. There's no border problem. No, there's no one there. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's what you get. And, and I think a lot, I think a portion of America is waking up though. They're, they're starting to say enough is enough. Uh, what portion do you think is that Gary, my dear friend? I think independence Rasmussen had a poll sure. where they blame the border, they blame the border crisis on Biden and not Trump. Well, that's so, good. That's so, good. so that's actually, uh, 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 Rasmussen's been a fairly accurate polar. I know people love to call him a Republican or whatever, but he's pretty one of the most accurate pollsters in America. If that can be, if we believe that anymore, but I want to, I would venture to say, and I, I would venture to say that they right now they they hate that Trump did Operation Warp Speed because their greatest asset for a year was COVID. Their, it, 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 that was their greatest asset to, to, to achieve goals. And with 36% of the population right now vaccinated, 20% really not having to get vaccinated, Within, remember, the midterms are coming up in less than 16 months. In less than 16 months, the midterms are coming up. I, don't, I, think, that, I think they're ruining, they, they wish this rollout with the vaccines because people are going to go out and vote. And all these states that are passing these laws, Ben Stein, that you have to go that, with election laws, um, I think they're, 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 they're sort of scared. I, I don't think they're scared at all. And may I tell you why? Yes, One, please. the stock market is doing really, really well. That affects a lot of people. Not everybody, but a lot of people. Two, property market is doing unbelievably, phenomenally, incredibly well. Three, there is basically no involuntary unemployment at this point. All of these are because of plans set in motion by Mr. Trump. But they all mean a prosperous, happy America. And I don't see where the dissatisfaction is going to come in especially because all day and all night, the media is going to say what a great guy Biden is and how peace and quiet and prosperity have returned to America. We cannot count on anything but pure defense, putting up a steel barrier, iron dome around President Biden. And I will, I will quote Ben Stein when, when you say, you, you, you know, when people ask you, about the future of the economy that you have no, you, you know, anybody that could predict the economy is a liar or, you know, is no, you can't do it. Can't be, just can't cannot be done. Be done. Cannot be done. So we do, So as you look at it today, as everything with, 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 within, uh, within a, a moment's time, we could be going to the store and, you know, a, a bottle of ketchup is $10. Well, I, um, I will tell you, since I do the grocery shopping in the Stein family, the Stein Denman family, that I have already noticed very, very drastic price increases in the foods I buy, which are almost always either meat or fish. And if you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to Ben Stein. I am reading your comments. It's actually uh, one of the things I was going to discuss tonight. Um, I want to thank everybody, of course, for the podcast downloads, um, five-star reviews, benstein.substack.com. 
Um, I'm becoming a pro at saying it. I'm very excited with myself. I used to have a very hard time mm. saying substack.com. Um, and of course, Gary Collins from the simple life now.com. Um, but people, this, and it really bothers me and it really scares me is these vaccine cards. Um, it, um, this idea of Are having to print- talk about Israel. What? Are we going to talk about Israel? I, if you want to, but I wanted yeah. to get into the vaccine okay, cards first, ahead. if you don't mind. No, go ahead. It's your show. It's your show. It's your world. You're... But people wanted to talk about the vaccination cards. And okay, I think it's important. I think it's very important to talk right. about because it's okay. another form of control, Ben, that in order to get, you know, and I was talking in Gary, I know you're, you're not an anti-vaxxer, mm-hmm. but you're not getting this vaccination. And I, I said to you on the phone, I got one. I'm not going to say to you to get one. It, it's none of my business. You live how you want to live. And I said to Ben before the show, if I'm vaccinated and I'm in a store, what does it matter to me if somebody's not vaccinated? I'm vaccinated by 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 science, right? It, I, I'm protected. What does it matter to me? And at a certain point, so many of us will have had herd immunity. You know, the other people that haven't been vaccinated, and then you take the, all the variables, Ben, of all the children that don't get it, and all these different things. We're getting to the point where it, it's it's a very frightening thing to have to present a card that you're vaccinated, that stores will allow you in if you're vaccinated simply means because the only way they're going to know it is if you should present your present the card. And that is a frightening thought. It is a very frightening thought. But as as we have noted, the hallmark of this administration has been ever increasing control over the ordinary citizen. And I think uh, COVID was a brilliant opportunity for them to express that and the media is behind them 100%. So it's just a kind of scary thought. And somebody brought, yeah, Gary, go ahead. I got a question. I'm going to use some logic here. As a dummy who grew up in a trailer in the middle of nowhere, um, if the at-risk group is almost all immunized and the rest aren't, what's the risk there is no risk because who's left the odds of them getting uh very ill from it are almost zero i'm confused by just the basic logic behind all this i understand herd immunity i've been in health for decades but all you need to do is immunize the at-risk group that's who you need to immunize after that it does not matter anymore yeah but it really doesn't there's still plenty of people in the at-risk group who haven't been immunized, and there's, but 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 I must say, as a person who got violently sick from the second shot, and whose wife got violently sick from the second shot, I yeah. don't blame people at all who don't want to get the second shot, not in the slightest. I and as a person that got the second shot, Gary, and also had a hundred three fever that night and was shaking like a like like. Uh, Trust me, at that, at that moment, I was the only reason I got the shot is it was for, for people to know is because I have my father who's immunocompromised, who, who, who could get there very go. sick. Yeah, exactly. I got it so I could go and visit my folks who I haven't seen in ages. That was the big the, the, the biggest reason for me getting the shot. If if that wasn't the scenario, the case, I would not have gotten vaccinated. Um, it, it, and, and the thing that I found ironic is not ironic, but really crazy. And I've spoken about this is that after I got the shot and I told people how violently ill I got people, other people started saying it to me. Oh, I got sick too. And I was like, well, why didn't you tell me before that? How come? And I think people have been (laughs) even after you get sick, (laughs) right? I think people have been been so frightened into not sharing 
the 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 the, the side effects of the shot. I don't know if it's a side effect. I'm not sure it's a side effect. Or the effect of the shot. No. They've been so browbeaten into not doing that because one, they don't want to scare people into not getting it. And one, they don't want to sound like they're, you know, becoming an anti-vaxxer or whatever it is. They become so indoctrinated that nobody's sharing their side effects. I mean, I, and, and let me tell you something. Those side effects are, and as Ben knows, are, are frightening. When you wake up at 1.30 in the morning, Gary, and you're like, I have 103 fever and and you're, you're, you're literally, it felt like the worst flu I've had. Um, it's, it's a terrifying thing. And I say to people, do it at your own risk. I don't, I, 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 I don't believe it should be forced on the population like they're trying to. Well, and here's my point yet again. So say you have elderly parents or they're in the at-risk group. If they get immunized, Im, Im, God, immunized, 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 it's a hard word. It's terrible for me. Uh, why would why would it matter if you're immunized or not? Because they're technically not at risk anymore. See, I'm I'm having a problem with this circular thought pattern. It makes zero sense to me. If if the shot works, why would you get immunized if your parents already are? I'm I'm struggling. My my little We're all dumb struggling. brain can't count. I think that's the whole thing. We're all struggling because as we get back to the circle of life, Simba, nobody knows who's running things. Nobody knows who's who's putting these things in motion. Nobody trusts who's putting these things in motion. Uh, or not nobody. You don't I'll, trust Dr. Fauci. I, I know. I, I, I'm taking a, a real big uh, long shot on saying I don't trust Dr. Anthony Fauci. Um, <laughs> but on that note, Ben, off of vaccines, you want to talk about Israel? You talk about whatever you want. You tell me what you want to talk about. I, I'm horrified. Here's the, here, here's the situation. The, I got an email today from a very smart friend of mine who sent me a clipping, which I should have seen. It's my own fault for not seeing it in the Wall Street Journal, in which they pointed out that the Palestinians say they are they resorted to rocketry and terrorism because uh, Israel had stolen some land from Arabs in Jerusalem. This person, these two lawyers who had written this article for the Wall Street Journal, traced title to these pieces of land back to 1875, 1875, not 1975, and found that these pieces of land had been in Jewish hands all that time. At some point, some Arabs had sold it to them. So it's been part of, it's been a Jewish property for a long, long time. It wasn't stolen from the Arabs. Some Arabs just came in and were squatters on the land and said, now it's ours, but it, they never owned it. And, there, and there's no right of possession by squatting in Israel, and not really anywhere at this point. Uh, so that's one. So that was a totally fake excuse. Two, uh, it, it horrifies me that in the United States of America, we are having fairly good-sized demonstrations against Israel, which is being called an occupier and a colonizer and so forth. It's Israel's country. They're supposed to be, to be able to defend themselves. It's just a miracle for the people of Israel that they have such good scientists and military people that they can create an Iron Dome situation in which very few of the rockets are fired, but still enough get through to harm or kill uh, innocent people. So uh, the fact that these demonstrations are happening all over America is very, very discouraging. And I, it just shows there are people stupid enough and anti-Semitic enough to support anything that's against Jews. 
and that is really the third part as well. My wife, who's the smartest person in my family by a long way, says anti-Semitism is so deeply rooted, it has to be genetic. There has to be some kind of DNA strand. I don't agree with her, even though she's smarter than I am. I think it's just that human beings have a basic need to hate, and the Jews fulfill that need. I mean, those uh, brilliantly well said, and you forgot to mention all the anti-Semitic activity that's going on across the world with the burning of the Israeli flags. I believe in, in the UK, an Israeli interviewer was attacked today. Um, a, a reporter was attacked today, but nobody brings it up. It doesn't matter. We're all, like I said, like I said in the last show, in Nazi Germany it was against the law to be a Jew. It, and, and after Nazi Germany, it's, a, it's against the law, Gary Collins, to have self-defense if you're a Jew. It's it, it's 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 one or the other. It's either allow yourselves to be murdered or or just walk like the sheep. And um, there's a country right now that doesn't have to do that, that doesn't abide by those rules. And people can't stand it. Ben, I think people cannot stand that there's Jews that could defend themselves. There was a great joke, not a great joke. It was it, it, it was a joke that I heard years ago. What's the difference between you know, the, the difference between an, Ita every, in, uh, an Italian in America and a Jew in America and an Italian, uh, it, it was basically if you, nobody's scared of a Jew in America, but you put a uniform on him like an Israeli soldier, everybody's terrified on it, of, of him. You take an Italian in America, everybody's scared of him. You put a uniform on him, nobody's scared of him. Oh, that's very funny. And, very and, funny. And, 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 Italian, it, it, let's bear in mind the Italians fought incredibly bravely in World War I. Ben, you get the point. And, um, it, it's, it's, and Gary, this idea that Jews are not allowed to vent, defend themselves is a frightening freaking thing. It's very frightening. Well, again, the media, you know, playing a game again. And I would say from uh, uh, an Irishman who knows nothing uh, that I'm amazed that that Israel hasn't just gone in and just wiped the place out. I'm actually surprised by that. Well, what because would they if do, someone loves bombs at me, oh, you're you're going to get it back and then some. You're, you, I'm going to go back and I'm going to annihilate you. And I think there's been a lot of restraint exercised over decades and decades. This war has been going, well, hundreds of years. But, you know, it's one of those where you're like, you, you have to be able to defend yourself, but you only are allowed to defend yourself if you're on the right team. If you're on the wrong team, you're not allowed and you're a racist. It's pretty simple. That's right, the, the only way. time Israel was allowed to defend themselves, Ben, was when they had no weapons. That they was even allowed that even it, then they're being it, criticized. And, 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 and amazingly, and this is what 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 what, what should fear Jews and Christians, because this is it's the same group at this point. And you had that idiot who I don't understand other than him being black is has a show on Comedy Central, which is Trevor Noah, which he, 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 he took over for who Stephen Colbert, Gary. And I mean, I just so. just a, not an ounce he's of annoying. humor. Sorry. Yeah, he's annoying. He's just annoying. not an ounce he's, of humor in him. And ben, commentator who with sarcasm. Yeah, is what he is. And he's on national TV, Ben, he's not American. He He said that it's 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 sort of like a big brother beating beating up a, 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 a you know you're 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 he, he made this crazy analogy with like a, a brother beating up a little brother 
or, or like the big brother should or the little brother fighting the big brother. The big brother shouldn't fight back because he hits stronger. And that was the, the, the analogy, Ben, that he used on national television, that because Israel has the Iron Dome, that Israel has weaponry, they should be OK with having over 30, you know, 4,500 rockets shipped, you know, sent into them, you know, terror, terror, being terrorized on the ground in Israel, scared to death of, of, of the tunnels that, thank God, they blew up, that somehow it's acceptable. And that, but it goes to the Christians in America, too. They in, in, in something you wrote in a view from Sunset Boulevard, you know, you're getting back to a view from Sunset Boulevard is that it's always a certain group of people that should be allowed to get the crap kicked out of them, that should be allowed to be abused, that should be allowed to be mistreated and not fight back because somehow they're they have it better. Yeah, well, this is un unfortunately a trade of the American left and uh, has been for a very, very long time. Uh, it's a very sad thing, and people, most people don't know it if they're aware of the Holocaust at all. It's, it's an awful lot of people at this point never even heard of the Holocaust. Uh, the New York Times owned by Jews, not a public corporation at that point, owned by a Jewish family, was wildly apologetic towards the Nazis when the Nazis started terrorizing, killing, murdering, interning in concentration camps Jews. They were a disgracefully apologetic pro-Nazi newspaper until uh, actual war was declared. Very scary. No, I mean it, 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 it's it's absolutely terrifying what's going on. But I want you, I want to you know since we're asking questions because again they like to use words. So you have this this these these the, the anti-Semitic squad. Um, or as Laura Loomer called them, the Hamas caucus, which I thought That's was very the, funny. I, very I, funny. I thought it was the most brilliant name she called it, the Hamas caucus. They like to people like to throw around words because a word by association. Right. So for years, Republicans or conservatives have been called Nazis and Hitler and all these things. But when they go to Israel, they like to use the word apartheid. Right. It, it's an apartheid state, Ben. I want you to explain to people what apartheid actually apartheid means. Apartheid was, uh, what, what, what Mr. Trump Biden is doing in America right now, it was the uh, awarding of jobs, positions, anything important or unimportant by race. There are three primary races, African, uh, Negro, not allowed to say that, but that's what they said in those days, uh, Indians, East Indians, and whites, and then also mixed mixed race people. And all, the whites got all the good jobs. Uh, the African Negroes, not allowed to say that word anymore, got the terrible jobs, and the uh, Indians got the middling jobs. And uh, that's sort of what's happened in America. It's become racially divided up so that uh, race divide, just, just determines everything. Israel is the least apartheid state in the world. Israel is the only country in the Middle East where everyone, Arab or Jew who is a citizen or even not a citizen gets free top quality medical care. Just to give you an idea of how good natured the Israelis have been, if there's a terrorist fighting, if there's a, a terrorist of ISIS fighting against the Syrian government, if the ISIS person was wounded, badly wounded, ISIS had no medical facilities of any kind to take care of them. They would, the ISIS people would bring them to the nearest Israeli border station and ask the Israelis to take care of them, and the Israelis would. Israeli Arabs can vote. There are many Israelis in the, uh, there, sorry, there are many Arabs in the Israeli parliament. There are Arabs in the Israeli cabinet. 
this is something that's unknown in the Middle East, except in Israel. It's the only country that is not a racist state. It's the only one that isn't. And Mr. Biden is quickly making America into a racist and racialist state. Very quickly. They, they have LGBTQ rights there over there. They have, I mean, every, every single thing they have. But it goes again to the thing of, I, I, I really don't understand what threatens people about the tough Jew. It, 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 it about the, the, the Jew that could defend themselves. It's almost to me like it's like we, 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 we should simply be sheeps marching into the slaughter and um, never again. And um, we're never again will that happen. And uh, Gary, I know this isn't your wheelhouse of thinking, but it, everything um, is Gary's wheelhouse. There he is in his wheelhouse. It, but, but, but again, <laughs> but to, to us in America, what Ben, the point that Ben's bringing up. They're slowly but surely doing that to us, that we're not allowed yeah, to question. Well, it's, it's the same tactics. I mean, and, and it has been historically. We're not seeing anything new. This is, this is how, how socialism starts, right? It's, again, like I said, you get rid of critical thinking. You, you blame the other side for doing what you do. And you stir the pot in every opportunity. That's how it works. Because if everyone stays together and everyone can think, you can't win over the masses that way. You got to keep everyone separated, stupid, and fighting each other. And, and you've got to have an enemy that you can hate. Conquer. Orwell yep, absolutely. was such a genius. In 1984, they, he, he knew the, the dictator had to have someone for people to hate. So there would be various enemies who would rotate, who would always be the ones to hate. And Linda, to answer your question, it's not all about land. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not. It's hardly about land at all. As I said before, Linda, God bless your soul. That it's now been thoroughly documented. It could hardly be more thoroughly documented that the land that is being talked about and fought about has always been in Jewish hands. It's always legally been owned by Jews. This is a new development that the, uh, the Palestinians are claiming that because they have, have squatters rights, that they, that they have something called squatters rights, which is not a legally recognizable concept, that they, it's their land. But it is and never has, it hasn't been since 1875. And on that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to Ben Stein, where we discuss everything from COVID to Israel to um, Chicago Any. to everything in between. There's nothing that doesn't get discussed on this show. I love it. We could disagree to disagree. We could agree to agree. We could all that jazz. And I love the questions that are coming in the chat. I love the uh, comments. Um, remember, we're on Rumble now, rumble.com. We will probably be streaming from there very soon. That's uh, We'll be shifting from YouTube to Rumble. So we don't have uh, fear of God in us that we will be banned every episode. Um, and welcome back, of course, to the World According to Ben Stein. We're with Gary Collins tonight from thesimplelifenow.com who will be interviewing, interviewing Ben. And somebody, by the way, Gary, uh, said the podcast we did about dating was great. I uh, would love to say we would do a part two, but I haven't had a date since the podcast. Um, <laughs> Imagine so, that. So, Imagine so I'm not that exactly one. sure what uh, we would discuss on it. That, not getting dates, part two with Judah Friedman. Um, and of course, we're joined tonight by America's humble servant, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. I want to take this last segment to have a little uh, fun, a little just... Uh, um, a, a little non-political stuff. We need a little light nature, a, a, a little light, lightness, in, a little lightness, a little lightness in our lives. And because they're really, it's really hard to find. You can't turn on the TV 
You can't go to movies. Even going to Amazon Prime or Netflix is so frustrating. I now it's like they're celebrating East. What is it? Pacific Islander Month. Um, oh, don't sneer at that. We have very, very many Filipinos working at our house. Yes, I do. I know. And I would imagine the Filipinos that, that who, who are amazing people, uh, absolutely amazing, are offended by the, by Pacific Islander Month, I, 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 in my humble opinion. Um, but I want to get to uh, a theme we've discussed in the past of places you've been, of, of, of events in history you've witnessed. And... Um, what are some of the more, uh, you know, it, amazing things you've witnessed? You, you've, you've flown on Air Force Two. Air Force One also. You've flown on Air Force One. You've, you've, met, ex- Elvis. you've met Elvis. You've met Elvis. You, yes, that was you, great. You, 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 you've, you've written for two presidents. Yes. What are some of your fondest, what are some of your fondest memories? Well, they have very little to do with politics, uh, except for the fact that uh, Mr. Nixon used to greet me as I was walking down the hall of the executive office building and uh, say a few very cheery and encouraging words. And uh, after he left office, uh, when he was down at uh, San Clemente, uh, I used to go down and visit him, and he would be kind enough to grant me quite lengthy interviews where I could ask him anything. And uh, some of the things he said were astonishingly candid and uh, uh, at the time, I wrote something about them, but some of them were just too hot to handle. And uh, I will—I am writing a book about my adventures with Nixon and why, why I feel as strongly pro Nixon as I do. And I'll have some more in that. But some of them were just so hot, I can't can't mention them even now. But uh, my happiest moments, of course, uh, are of course getting married to my incredibly beautiful wife, the world's most wonderful human being, and uh, also uh, the incredible pleasure it gave me to see how happy my mother and father were to be included in the inner circle of the White House uh, with Mr. Nixon. It changed their lives and made them much happier people. Ben, I want to get to something, but you need to turn over your air conditioner because it's muffling the sound. It's very hot in here. But just well, like- you know, I didn't ask you to wear 42 layers. Um, but I think a really cool story is a lot of people don't know this, Gary, is, is Ben's father was was just one of the most was was a world famous economist and actually helped save Israel's economy too. But I love one of my favorite stories is was when he what got Win Ben Stein's money, and um, he didn't have he was so proud of you that he got cable right. Yes, he did. No, he didn't get cable. He got a uh, he got a satellite dish. He was at the Watergate, and they didn't have cable, uh, but he got a satellite dish. So that he could watch me uh, and uh, invite his neighbors in to watch me on uh, on Win Benstein's money, and then and then and then CBS uh, on sixty minutes they had a segment about my life, and he had a little party of people to come over and watch that. He was he was very proud of me, and I was extremely proud of him, to put it mildly. And I know Gary has a few questions, so go for it, Gary Collins. Well, I'm just wondering, would CBS do anything expose on you today? <laughs> Uh, I don't think. Are you, are, are you getting these calls? Is, my life is so boring now. I don't think there's anything much they could do about me. So uh, I, I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. I live a very you've quiet admit, life. You've kind of had many split careers. Of all the careers you've had, all the things you've done in life, which one did you like the most? Teaching at American University in Washington D.C. in 1971 to 72. I uh, taught three semesters 
of a class on the political content of feature films. And at that time, there were no VHS, there were no DVDs. Uh, if I wanted to show a movie, I had to get rent the movie and get a, a projector and a screen and we would show it in the movie in the classroom and the kids would watch it and then we would talk about it. And uh, wow, we had an awfully good time, awfully good time. So we have a question here, we have a few questions. Is there a major network, Ben, you haven't appeared on? I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. You, you made me turn off the air conditioner. I'm trying to get some ventilation. Is there a network you haven't appeared on? No. <laughs> what is it like? What was a young Sean Penn like? Oh, Sean Penn was, he was fine. He was, no, no, wait a second, wait a second. Wait, back up, back up. I don't think I work with Sean Penn. I work with Chris Penn in a, 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 a thing called, uh, I forget what it was called, but it was a movie, it was a sequel, The Fast Times of Ridgemont High. I think it was called The Wildlife or something like that. But I never worked oh, with him. But I, I worked I forgot with, about that one. Yeah, that was a very little known yeah. movie. But I worked with lots of other people. And I will say that on one episode, I was a, reg, a recurring on The Wonder Years. I appeared on maybe 10 or 12 episodes. And on one episode, uh, there was a young woman who played a high school girl uh, who had just moved into the neighborhood. And uh, she was flirting with uh, Fred Savage who's a star of the show. And she was, except for my wife, the most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. And uh, the absolutely number one most beautiful girl I've ever seen in my life. And I looked her up recently online and uh, she's married to a, like the world's mixed martial arts champion. Okay, one of my favorite, I gotta tell you a story. Okay, first of all, the WD-40, the, the charm of Ben's door is that it creaks. Um, and yes, Ben and Jimmy are still very close. Um, they, they are good friends. They could disagree with each other, but Carl Jimmy Bernstein and, I are so and Carl Bernstein, who took down Ben's, who, who supposedly, oh. supposedly, um, but, um, and I lost my, uh, what I was going to, oh, um, really funny story was when Ben, what, this guy, Ben was watching a movie, what was it from the fifties where you were, you, you just thought the actress was, was beautiful. And you looked her up and her husband owns the, um, that kooky bookstore. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. No, I was what? It was a movie from the sixties, I think, called The Prime of Miss Jean Brody. And there was an incredibly beautiful girl who's one of the stars. And I looked her up, and it turned out she's married to a bookseller in uh, West Hollywood. And I went over to uh, to to meet him and see if she was around. And uh, I met him and. Um, I don't know. I mean, at this point, she's when she made the movie, she was a teenager. Now she's in her seventies. Not that my wife's in her seventies. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. But it's a whole different thing. And it was like this bookshop, Gary. Where I kid you not, books were, were what ten thousand dollars there. Yeah, they're incredibly. It's just like this. Like you walk in, it's like you and you can't even go in there and go. Can I? You know, it, it, everything is is at least a thousand or two thousand yeah, dollars. It's insane. It's insane. And I also find it ironic that um, that you did that movie, uh, the sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, it's called The Wildlife. And the guy that wrote a skating review, or not a nice review of, of not, one of your books, it wasn't a skate. Uh, it was my book called Ludes, which was really which is the best book. book. If every, 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 really, I, really, if I may say, it's a really good book about drug and money addiction in Los Angeles. And uh, this fellow, uh, whose name I have mercifully Cameron Cameron Crow Cameron Crow, whose name I have mercifully until now blocked out. He wrote a review of it for the LA Times, which he said 
he was very disappointed that this was a story about adults being addicted to drugs because he thought it was going to be about teenagers addicted to drugs. I thought that's the most ridiculous reason for liking or not liking a book I ever heard of. And no, the bookstore is not Tashin, which Ben and I have been to many times. That that has, is called the, it's called Book Soup. Isn't it called Book Soup? I think it, it, it could be. But, um, but getting back to it, if you could, you, 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 like Gary asked you a question, which I think is really cool. You've, you, you, you've crossed all these different lines. You've crossed movies, you've crossed the writing. And, but what was your favorite? Well, other than teaching, teaching at American, American University. University, it was incredible. I loved it so much. I was young, I was thin, I was hip. I had an incredibly great car. I had a 62 red Corvette. I was so cool, it was amazing. The co-eds were throwing themselves at me. It was just wonderful. It was just absolutely wonderful. When I walked in the first, the first day of the last semester I taught, I walked in and the whole class stood and cheered and clapped and stamped their feet. It was wonderful. It was heaven. It was heaven. The only other time that's happened recently was when I gave a speech at, in Santa Cruz, uh, sorry, Sandpoint, Idaho, uh, and uh, at the uh, at the Panda Theater, and the whole town turned out for it and was doing the same thing. And that, that's Sandpoint, which is my favorite town in the world. So why did you stop? I wanted to move out to California. I was sick of the uh, horrible, horrible heat and humidity in Washington, D.C. And I, so I moved, I got a job teaching at UC Santa Cruz and I moved out there. It is the most beautiful campus you've ever seen, uh, but I shouldn't have moved. I, I should have just uh, prolonged that stay at the American U as long as I could have. But it's lucky that I did because I went out to, to UC Santa Cruz. I had a good time, but then a faculty member made a very anti-Semitic gesture to me. It caused me to resign. I came back to Washington and got the job at the Nixon White House. And that moved my life up many, many levels. And it's also, Gary, noted that Ben was at UC Santa Cruz, and we brought this up on the show before, when the Big Ed Kemper was the serial killer, was was killing the co-eds. Edmund Emil Kemper, yes. He also cut off the head of Clarnell Svanberg, the secretary to the faculty member who was so mean to me, and uh, put her body, headless body, in a closet. And then he called the police and said, come over here, boys. I've got something to show you. And that was his mother. And and, um, and uh, Gary, did you learn anything tonight? Many things, as always. <laughs> what Very a way to end the show. The headless corp of Edless, uh, Edward. Clarnell Strandberg. Clarn- and, Ed- and, Ed- and Mr. Kemper is still alive and well. Big Ed Kemper, yeah. Um, it's it's it, 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 I, I got to tell you, I... If you're looking for something to stream and you haven't streamed it, watch Mind Hunters. I, I, it was one of the few shows on Netflix that was really upset that they um, that they yeah. stopped. It was a great two seasons. It's nothing political. It's about the origins of uh, forensics and the FBI. It is worth the watch. I and I wanted to tell people another thing to watch. If to the people, I know a lot of people aren't knowledgeable or don't know so much about Israel, and we're talking about it a lot. There's an amazing show on Netflix called Fauda, F-A-U-D-A, and it simply means chaos in Arabic. I promise you, it, 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 it's um, it, uh, what's the, it's uh, it's you can watch it closed captioning and uh, please no, guys, what 
You'll learn a lot. You'll learn a lot, but I'm trying to think. It's uh, a foreign film, and they you have to read. Subtitles. I, I it's subtitles, and it's amazing. I highly recommend it. I highly suggest it. Um, and on that note, I want to thank everybody. It's been a wonderful Saturday night. We went in a million different directions, but that's what we do here sometimes. We go in many directions. Gary will be interviewing Ben Stein tomorrow for his podcast, which I don't know when it'll be up, but you noon. can find Gary at thesimplelifenow.com. Sorry? He's interviewing me at noon. He's interviewing Gary at noon. Gary's interviewing yeah. Ben at noon, and um, which should be fun. It'll be a great podcast. It won't be about dating, but like with me, but um, no, never mind. Um, and of course, you could find Ben Stein at spectator.org or when we're up on Parlor at Ben Stein. And of course, the podcasts on Apple, The World According to Ben Stein, are everywhere downloadable. And of course, on rumble.com. Ben Stein, would you like to take us out on this fine Saturday night? And thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon. I've done this before, but I have to do it again. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her to the night with a light from above, from the ocean, from the mountains, to the prairies, to the oceans, white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Good night, everybody. Avenge me, Wolverines. Good night, guys.